You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the final Mountain Westwire basketball podcast preview. Our website again, mwr.com. New digs. It's been up for a while, so glad for, uh, or not glad, but uh, thankful for checking it out. Eli Betker, Jeremy Moss here, talking Cowboys. Finally, we've, we've managed to uh, ramp through this past week of after having scheduling conflicts, illnesses. I'm too tired to record tonight. Eli, like, I'll do it the next day. <laughs> We're finally done. <laughs> we've, we've persevered and we've made it through 11, and we've got more to come throughout the season. But uh, the nice thing is we don't have to say okay, we have to need we need to get eleven done by this certain time. We can say hey, do you want to hop on a podcast? We'll talk about this, this, and this, and uh, we'll get that going. So it'll be fun. We are done. Yeah, and then we'll do I guess regular season kind of about once a week, every once maybe once every ten days because non conference is weird because there's games every day and some stuff can be dated by the time we record in the middle of it. So we'll see what happens. But talking Wyoming Cowboys again, they're the final team of the uh, our 11 preview so if you haven't see, listened to our other ones go check them out you do us a favor go listen to air force wyoming or right now you are new mexico unlv anybody <laughs> go to itunes and find us or apple podcast whatever it's called now stitcher um google play i think we're over there maybe basically if you listen to a podcast anywhere you can find us anywhere so cowboys are they um is this like the most unassuming team in the conference that people always forget about it might be, and I think it's too bad because I think that Wyoming. I mean, th- this is one of the places I. They're on my short list of places I want to go and watch a college basketball game, and I haven't before. But I have gone to a Wyoming game, NCAA tournament game in Seattle, and the Wyoming fans were fantastic. And I think they played Northern Iowa in a five twelve game, and uh, they they showed up in bunches. They had a ton of people there. They were super passionate and. And we know what it's like playing in Laramie. It's a tough place to play. You've got the elevation. You have um, usually a pretty exciting team to watch. So uh, Wyoming's an exciting team uh, most years, and, and they should be again this year. But I think you're right. They usually fly under the radar. And part of it, too, like they don't get – it's um, their home arena is very, very difficult to get wins against against the Cowboys. But they, part of it is nobody wants to play them. But then again, like – Look at Larry Nance Jr. Nobody knew who the heck he was. Like, who's this guy getting drafted by the Lakers? And he is probably their most athletic player. I know he's out for, what is it, a month or six weeks for a broken hand. But he's legitimately possibly their most athletic player, even more than uh, Lonzo Ball there. Or what's who's it, LeVar Ball? I forget. What's the <laughs> yeah. ball, guys? With, with Lonzo there. But, yeah. like, that's not far-fetched um, to say he's the most, yeah. uh, possibly the most athletic player on that team. Yeah, he, he's an awesome player, and it was a pleasure to – watch him play down in Seattle for those tournament games. And uh, there's no, I mean, they don't really have their version of him this season, but they have a number of talented players for sure that should make this this team an exciting one and a fun one to watch. Justin James is the first team preseason all Mountain West, so you start with him. Yep. Start with that guy. Yeah, definitely. He's he's your go-to guy. He recorded the second highest usage rate in the entire conference last year, which is really impressive for a freshman. I think he used about 30% of Wyoming's possessions, so 
He's their definite go-to guy. And the interesting thing is he, he came off the bench. and uh, He started only six games last year and played in 37. And he was sixth man of the year. And I don't. I, it's hard to tell if he's going to start more games this year. I would imagine he does. But to have a guy coming off the bench and scoring 16 points a night and adding five rebounds, that's pretty awesome production. Yeah, so let's um, do one more thing for last year. So Wyoming, um, they won the CBI last year. They beat Coastal Carolina. During their exhibition game the other day, I saw a video. I'm like, oh, what's Wyoming basketball tweeting about? The unveiling of the CBI championship banner in auditorium or what is it? Arena, auditorium arena. Arena, sorry, sorry, arena auditorium. Sorry, it's the most nondescript name ever. So, would you would you want your Purdue Boilermakers, Eli, to hang a CBI championship banner? I I would not, but I do remember the years, just a handful of years ago, when Purdue was losing to teams like Eastern Michigan on the road, and they couldn't even they couldn't even sniff the CBI. So I know what it's like to root for a team that is bad, even if. You have a rich program history, but man, I mean, that's, I heard the collective cheering and claps and stuff when the banner was unveiled, and you'd hope that hopefully they can add a banner that is an NCAA tournament appearance in the next few years, because uh, CBI's nice, but I think NCAA tournament appearances are much, much nicer. It is. So what's the lowest banner threshold would you want your team to hang? NIT champion? NIT Final Four? Think NIT champion. I'd, I'd I'd rather have just a handful of banners up or none at all than than something like CBI or God forbid Vegas sixteen <laughs> Vegas or something eight. like Vegas that. Eight. No, Vegas actually, that's eight. A whatever the Vegas tournament is. There's no more Vegas tournaments. Oh gosh. But so keep let's go move forward. So look at Alan Edwards. You ranked him in your coaching rankings. I, I should. We should pull that up here. I don't think we mentioned to do so, but wasn't he top half? Was he fourth? I believe. I I don't think he was that high, but I, he might have been fifth or sixth. But I really like what he did his first year in, in Wyoming. I want to say he was one of the um, highest highest win totals for any first year coaches last season. So that's impressive. It also helps that Wyoming got those added games at the end of the year. So. He took Wyoming to a 23-15 and 15 season last year, and I think he really instilled some some nice quality uh, offensive and defensive flows for them. They're, they ranked 14th in tempo last year, which is, is really cool, and that's an exciting brand of basketball. And that's and that's tough to, spot, to stop, especially if you're playing at Laramie and you've got the home crowd going. So I think this program is definitely trending upward. All right, so you ranked Allen Edwards 7th after his rookie campaign. Okay, okay, here's the last sentence you put. I'm going to stand by this, even though you wrote this in, uh, Oct- well, not October, but I think July. The CBI champs return most of their nucle- nucleus and could play Dark Horse in the league next season. Not Dark Horse champion, but you're, for my assumption with that, that means you might you could th- see them finishing top three. I... I okay. I'm gonna save my prediction for last. That's okay. But yes, I. I mean, as I a do, dark. I, I mean, because that's a dark horse. That's what I'd prefer because media picks them seventh, mm-hmm. and so dark horse would mean a few spots ahead of that, and probably beat maybe beating a Boise or San Diego State once or twice. I, yeah, I agree with that, and I think that Wyoming definitely falls in that category of teams that 
that we've mentioned time and time again of those like two to two to six, two to seven teams that could really finish anywhere in the conference uh, among those two to seven rankings. And I think Wyoming fits into that category. A lot of people have been saying that the Cowboys are a definite sleeper and a dark horse, as I mentioned earlier this summer. And they return, I think, I mean, most of their talent. So the only key loss that they had is Jason McManaman, who we both expected him to do great things last year. And he's a solid player, but he didn't didn't really break out as we expected, so the loss isn't nearly as severe as reprojected. But a lot of returning players for Wyoming, I think they should be in for a pretty solid season. All right, so who else? Like we mentioned, they have the uh, sophomore coming in. Uh, Justin James, who played well last year, who you see, you mentioned that whole nucleus. Like, who's going to come in? Because they had a guy like uh, it may not matter exhibition win again exhibition. Who care? Whatever it matters, but not really. They started freshman Hunter Mal- Maldonado, Maldonado Hunter M Hunter Maldonado. Is he somebody who mm-hmm. might actually do something, or was he starting just because? Hey, let's get this guy to start just because. I think he could. He could have a bit of an impact. He's Six foot five, and he would probably add a bit of that wing depth, especially when Alex Sakagorski or Justin James are on the bench. So it's nice to know that you have some of that production that you can can pull off off the bench. Because I definitely don't expect him to start, but it's nice to see him putting in some points and some production in those early games and ex- exhibitions and scrimmages. Okay, here's a note I didn't realize he started in front of um, just, uh, Justin James. I guess he's a junior, not a sophomore. I thought he was a sophomore. Whatever, okay. We make mistakes, it happens. So he was in a boot. Is he <laughs> going to play this opener? Justin yeah, James? Yeah, he had ankle injuries wearing a boot. I, I was not fully aware of that. I haven't heard like any severity of, of his injury, but if it was severe, I wouldn't imagine that he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Because it could be similar to like with UNLV. We mentioned Braden McCoy sat out with... Uh, ankle kind of ankle bother him a little bit the coaches will definitely side on um, or err on the side of caution for these exhibition games because you don't need your best player to go out there and re-aggravate an injury and we saw with Nevada over the summer they've had a handful of guys that were in boots and ended up playing exhibitions or are ready to go for season openers so I'll have to look into that I'm not entirely sure what the severity of it is but hopefully it's not too bad and Justin James can be out there and ready to go for the season. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Maybe it looks like more precautionary. I'm looking over at trib.com where Brandon Foster does a pretty good job or a really good job, I should say. And there's, I just happened to read through. I'm like, oh, he freshman started. He was in a place of, oh, your best player. What's going on? And they mentioned a boot. So, and then they have a couple other freshmen come in, like reading some more of his stuff. I've been going over. You have, um, I guess the, uh, who is it here? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, geez. Um, like Anthony Mack. Who had offers from Villanova and Memphis and Georgia? That's a pretty big deal. You know, he's a, was he's yeah, he's a good addition for sure. He's a consensus three star and Hunter Thompson. Mm-hmm. He, he's got got two hunters like their freshmen coming nice. in, um, but he he should have a bit of an impact. I think a number of people expected him to redshirt this season, and I had not seen anything about that. So I assume he's he's ready to go for this season, and so. Decent freshman class coming in for Wyoming and then one of their best recruiting classes that they've had in quite some time. Looks like, okay, another thing on Hunter Tops. Looks like he definitely will redshirt because he had a broken ankle and had surgery earlier. So, But okay. there's also talk of potentially redshirting him before that. So this year, like mm-hmm. they, 
Well, I mean, like I said, it might be a dark horse, might get a couple good wins here and there, upset a few teams. I think they're pretty well set for the next couple of years because Allen Edwards is getting – look at this. Well, I, would, I wish I maybe I pulled up as we're talking here, but if he's getting a four-star guy, guys who are looking at Georgia, Villanova, Creighton, you're up there with probably UNLV and San Diego State for recruiting-wise for getting players. And if they're getting a four-star guy to come to freaking Laramie, geez, what is he going to do when he actually has a good season? It's yeah, it's it's impressive, and it's nice that they they have um, Nye Redding and they have Justin James and Jordan Naughton that will be seniors next season. And obviously, you talk about those underclassmen who will progress as we assume and become better players once they reach their junior season se- senior season. So, um, already have a commit for the 2018 class, so things are definitely trending up for Wyoming, and hopefully, Alan Edwards can can keep the ball rolling. It looks like a really quick from 24 seven. They're actually behind UNLV, San Diego State. UNLV is obviously way ahead of everybody. Aztecs, Utah State actually had the third best class. Then Nevada and then Wyoming. So, and But they're pretty close to Nevada and Wyoming. So, again, being better than New Mexico, then Colorado State, it's a pretty big deal. And so maybe next couple of years yeah, they'll they, they, get up there to be challenging for the conference title because they've won they've they've proven they've done that with Josh Adams a couple years ago, Larry Nance. They won the conference title. I was at that game when they won the title upset San Diego State in like a slog fest of I think fifty nine, fifty six or something like that. Some low scoring game, but they're setting themselves up for the future. But this year they could I think this year I think they're like a year or two away. Like this year you correct a dark horse where maybe they'll knock off a team above them but maybe finish middle of the pack and could see a random loss to like maybe Utah State, perhaps. Like, that wouldn't surprise me that they would lose Utah State but maybe somehow beat San Diego State at home because Ellen Edwards wants to run the ball, and if you can run and be conditioned up at 72-20, it's a pretty big advantage you'll have over most teams. And I think one of the keys for them will just be winning on the road. I, I think that's going to be huge for a team like Wyoming who's who's usually so good at home, but winning on the road is especially a difficult animal when you when it comes to Mountain West because you've got those passionate fan bases and tough places to play. So if they can go in and win in a place like Boise or if they can maybe beat Nevada, they can upset them. I mean, you never really know what happens with this conference, but I think winning on the road will be huge for Wyoming if it expects to contend or, or finish in the top four or five this season. All right, so let's get to the schedule. Their schedule is um, softer than soft. It's um, nearing Air, Air Force. Mm. T- Air Force nearing, soft? Nearing Air Force soft. Is that safe to say? Mm. Not, I'm Come not on, really man. seeing a ton. They got Regis. They Come do, on. They uh, play yeah, Regis. they do head to <laughs> Regis. Regis. Um, they, they, they have uh, a December 6th matchup at South Carolina, but um, the Gamecocks are supposed to regress significantly this year after Dude, you're, you're supposed to sell it. That's a Final so. Four team you're playing. Come on. You gotta sell it. Oh man, it's hard. To, it's hard to sell that. <laughs> South Carolina is supposed to plummet. They do have the Cayman Islands Classic. I don't have the teams in front of me right now for um, that tournament. They start with South Dakota State, which isn't a ton to write home about. They have, don't they have but a guy from the Jackrabbits who could be pretty good NBA potential? I think it wasn't Gary Parish all over some yeah, dude Mike, from South Dakota last year. Yeah, Mike Dom. Mike Dom's an excellent player, um, but. It's not a win that you can put on your your resume and be proud of necessarily. And South Dakota State will probably be the I think they're probably the favorites in their conference, but it's not a power conference team 
and the only power conference teams here are Oregon State and South Carolina, which are supposed to finish in the bottom half of their respective conferences. So would have to agree with you. This this non-conference schedule is not. All right. So here's the rest of the field for the Cayman uh, Classic. They are yeah. They they if they win, uh, well they play. They could play Iowa or Louisiana. So that's a I think that's officially Louisiana Lafayette. So. They may, might play Iowa. That that'd be helpful. Other side, you have Richmond, UAB, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, and so not terrible. But ideally, I guess would be playing Iowa and Cincinnati. That'd be the best thing for them, definitely. But what, is Cincinnati even supposed to be anything in the American this year? Are they? I don't recall where they're predicted. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I think they're probably a top ten, top fifteen team. But the problem is, you have to match up with those teams in the tournament, and I don't know. Uh, which side of the brackets, which or oh, looking right now. Here, here's how you have it, to beat well, certain teams to here, play. Here's so. how it breaks down real quick. They would play Louisiana, Iowa, winner or loser, because it plays out every place. The only way they'd play Cincinnati if it's in the championship game, or if they're both playing for last place. Okay, so that's how it work out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. They could probably be competitive against Iowa, even though the Hawkeyes are supposed to be good this year. But we've seen crazier things happen. But Matching up with Iowa and Cincinnati would be the jackpot for this team. That'd be really impressive. Yeah, that'd be helpful to get a couple of decent, I guess, potential for top seventy-five victories, maybe or top seventy-five games. But yeah, mm-hmm. besides that, like there's nothing. New Mexico Islands, Denver, Drake, Eastern Washington. Hey, Texas Southern's battle tested. <laughs> You've seen their non-conference schedules before. Well, yeah, but I guess I guess I'll think that's a breeze, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, hold on, hold on real quick. Their schedule. Jeez, Texas Southern. At Gonzaga. This is in a row. At Gonzaga. At Washington State. At Ohio State. At Syracuse. At Kansas. At Clemson. At Oakland, who's going to be pretty good, except that stupid four-game suspension of that one player, but he should be back by then. For the, Did you hear about that? Did you uh, Kendrick yeah, Nunn? The, you heard the CBS, what they are talking about the other day on their podcast? I don't think Basically, so. just super quick because I mentioned it because I shouldn't leave you hanging. There's a rule that you're supposed to um, proceed to graduate, like like to advance to your degree. He's going to graduate in December. But I guess there's a school rule where you have to get a uh, – basically his grade was well above NCAA tournament eligibility guidelines. He passed a class but not the school technically – since it's in his major, needed a certain grade to have it count toward your credits – I think he, whatever it was, like he passed a class like a C minus, but it wasn't high enough to actually give you the credits towards your degree. But he's going to get his degree regardless in December. And so, like, he had to be suspended for some part. So it was just stupid. But keep going. At Toledo. Again, this is in order. I have not skipped any dates. And as you notice, I'm using at every time. At Toledo, December 2nd here. (laughs) At Oregon. At Baylor. Sorry. We get to at Wyoming. At TCU, at BYU, first home game of the year, New Year's Day, conference game. It's crazy. They play every non-conference game on the road. Yeah, it's it's crazy the schedules that Texas Southern puts together, and it's also pretty remarkable to think that Wyoming's. I mean, Wyoming's got a good program. They're probably a top one hundred program in the country right now, but. For Texas Southern, that's probably one of their three weakest teams on their non-conference schedule. And when you look at the three weakest teams on some of these Mountain West schedules, you have teams you've never heard Regis. of before. So, yeah, Texas Southern. Uh, actually, on, on the 
Yeah, I mean, with, with glass half full, though, and I've said this before with UNLV and with Air Force and all these other programs, sure, it's disappointing to see schedules like this with teams you don't necessarily recognize or programs that aren't supposed to get to the NCAA tournament. But at the same time, every team has to go through it every November or December. You have to build continuity. You need to have this camaraderie with your players. And because once league play comes around, you play twice a week against some of the league's best players. And it's really taxing on your team. And you need to have this momentum heading forward. So they can win nine or ten games in non-conference play and feel good about themselves heading into January where they, they have some tough matchups right off the bat. They start at home against San Diego State, then they go to Reno to play the Wolfpack, and then they're home against Boise State. So those are three really tough matchups to begin league play, so they have to be ready and tuned up for those. Exactly, and so I guess their goal is – I know the schedule set up before when they had – before Edwards took over, but I guess the main goal is to pad the victories, and hopefully that's enough to maybe get NIT bid or get better than the CBI. I guess that's their ultimate – excuse me their goal they want because like they should win most of these non-conference games like at Oregon State Oregon State hasn't been very good in the Pac-12 you said South Carolina is down who else are they losing to in non-conference play is Denver any good in the whack I don't know South I guess maybe in that Cayman tournament South Dakota State or somebody but there's they have a very I know it said soft but they could win most of these games I, I think so too they, I, they'll probably lose a game in the Cayman Classic. I don't think you can expect them to beat Cincinnati or Iowa or those teams on a neutral floor. That's asking a lot out of a relatively young team. They will probably drop one game against either Oregon State or South Carolina. Both of those are on the road in a power conference environment, so that's tough. And as long as you take care of business in the other games that you play, at Denver might be a trap game just because it's on the road. You never know. I really only see two or three potential losses on the non-conference schedule as long as they do what they should do. So I, I ending non-conference with 10 or 11 wins, that would be a pretty nice step forward for Wyoming to gain some momentum into conference play because they, they've got to win one or two of those first three league games or they'll be in some trouble because that's that's a major test. You're playing the top three teams in the league right off the bat, and then you have to head to New Mexico and then have a home game against yeah, Colorado Yeah, it's not State. easy. So, it's, it's, <laughs> it's No, it's not easy. And then they go to Logan, which is tough to play, but whatever. So I, <laughs> Definitely. Hmm, I don't know. Are they going to be better than last year? I think so. Yeah, I think that this is a really nice team. And like I said, they only lose one player who's a deluded score in, in McManaman. Mm-hmm. But you return Justin James, who's an elite scorer. Hayden Dalton's unheralded. He's one of the top players in the league. He also landed in our top 25 player list along with Alan Herndon. So nice players. And the front court's good. They've got talent there. Obviously, Justin James, and you have Alex Akagorski and Lou Adams. So good depth everywhere. They'll they'll probably play a handful of guys. So they're deep. They're talented. I think this is a really trendy team and one to watch out for. All right, so let's do a prediction because you mentioned um... – you didn't want to give away your pick earlier when I said if they could be a top three team. Where are they going to finish this year, this year? So I think Wyoming's going to finish fifth in the league this year. I think they'll finish ahead of UNLV. Oh, Rebels, hear that? Yeah, yeah. I I think they will. I think they match up pretty Mm -hmm. nicely against some of those bottom half teams. But where the 
the bit of the upset pick comes in is I expect this team to uh, ride some momentum into conference play, and I am selecting them to win the conference tournament down in Las Vegas and punch it. What? Really? Yeah. You're take. Yeah, you right. are taking the Wyoming Cowboys to win the Mountain West Conference tournament. Yep, that's my. Prediction. Why is it sticking to it? Just like how it happened in 2015 with good old Larry Nance. I need to um, send a tweet with and hashtag old takes exposed or give old takes exposed a little. Hey, look out for this. Yep. Really? Watch you think, out. You I, think so? I, I do like this well, team. What makes yeah, you think they I can do. win the conference tournament if they're going to finish fifth in the regular season? That means they're playing round two. They'd be playing the top team in the conference. I, I It's shaking out bracket-wise is going to be important for them. But I think they have what a lot of other teams don't have, and that's they have their star player in Justin James. You have your guy that can go and get buckets when you need it. That's something that Utah State doesn't necessarily have. I mean, they they have Kobe McEwen, but they don't have the supporting cast necessarily. Boise State's got their go-to score, but you have to have other things work there. So, and and they don't really have any major weaknesses. You have a pretty solid backcourt. You have wings. And the front court's really nice, which is something that a lot of other Mountain West teams are lacking. There's, I mean, we mentioned that on the prior podcast with Utah State, where do you go to get points or rebounds in in the paint? And Wyoming has three, four, and maybe even five guys that you can count on to get solid minutes. And I I really like this team. I think they're going to come together. I think that opponents will have a tough time playing against one of the fastest tempo teams in the country. Up in Laramie, that's going to be a very difficult place to play. I think Wyoming wins almost all of their home conference games. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough. And I think that if they can set themselves in a position where they have favorable matchups in the Mountain West tournament, I think they might be able to pull it off. Well, what about you? What do you think? I, Middle of the conference? I don't know, man. You just kind of blew up there and said they're going to win. I I think because I think they are better than UNLV and Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think and Colorado State for the most part. I know the Rams have a couple guys who are under the radar that could bust out. Like uh, who is it? Jeff Eisenberg Yahoo mentioned. Um, crap, wish I had in front of me. Did, I need to find it now since I mentioned it. But I think they're better than the Rams. I think you're right. They're going to win most of their home games. They'll build up a lot of confidence because they're going to be getting victories in the non-conference slate. Which yeah, it's not very good. But it's still something where, hey, they're they have that confidence that they're winning, winning games and beating maybe South Carolina, maybe beating Oregon State. I think they can beat Oregon State. It's not a big deal. I mentioned uh, Nico Carvacho as the breakout star in the Mountain West for CSU, so maybe mm-hmm. that's a possibility. Like that could hold them back, Wyoming. But maybe for I think I'm going to go as high as three. I'm not going to go higher than that for the regular season because Fresno State has. Decent talent, Boise, but I, I'm gonna go. If I'm gonna go to high end, I'm gonna go three. But I'm realistically, I'm gonna go like with fourth. So I'm fairly high in them as that, well. Yeah, but that's reasonable. It's again, it's like it's it's a big goop in between. Even I know we've mentioned Nevada's far and away like they're way put your hand up the air. They're way this high. Even the Aztecs are far below them. But Aztecs, Boise, Fresno, CSU, Wyoming are all in that same mix. I could see any of those teams finishing between second and sixth, and I wouldn't be surprised what order they came in. I would be more surprised in UNLV getting third than I would Wyoming getting second. But yeah, that makes sense. And that, that kind of plays into my point, and I know that picking the 
fifth place team to win the conference tournament might sound a bit outlandish, but exactly what you said there is that you have five or six teams. You have your clear front runner in Nevada, and then you have five or six teams that could finish as high as second or as low as seventh. And if one of those teams get gets hot for 120 minutes in the conference tournament, then you punch a ticket to the NCAA tournament. And that could be San Diego State, could be Fresno State, Colorado State could could show up, and you just UNLV playing down in Vegas in in their own backyard. It really could be any of those five or six teams. So I think if this conference punches two bits to the tournament this year, best case scenario, Nevada cruises through the regular season and is able to pick up an at-large, which would assume that one of those two through six teams is able to win three or four games in the Mountain West tournament and punch an auto bid. So you know it's pretty rare the top two teams even finish in the tournament, right? It is rare, and it's funny because I think that it is what happened last well, year. Well, I'm looking through 2014 happened. I was gonna, I start, I, hope, I was hoping to find what you're talking about. Actually, more than we thought. Maybe we're incorrect on a couple times, but not too, not too often. But I'm trying to find like who's the. There's always this random low seed that gets into the conference championship game. I guess there was back in 2010, 4-3 UNLV and San Diego State were in that mix. Uh, that was a weird year. Just looking at that really quick, New Mexico was number 8th in the country. BYU was number 14th. Both lost the semifinal game. Just an interesting wow. note. Man, the days of two, 15, two top 15 teams. Uh, I'm looking at 2015. Wyoming was 4th in the conference with an 11-7 and seven record, and they were able to... Pick up close victories. That's the game I was at. No, it's 45-43. That's the game I was at. Yeah, I remember that. But these games are wild. They they beat Utah State 67-65 in their first game. They beat Boise State 71-66. And then they had that slugfest against San Diego State, the 45-43 to punch the 12 seed. So, I don't know. I feel like we might see a, a bit of a repeat here in 2017 with with the Wyoming Cowboys, and it'll be under the the lead of Alan Edwards instead of Larry Shiat. So that's interesting, but I think that Wyoming might just have it in them. Should we make? Should we tr- attempt to go to the Mountain West tournament this year? We haven't been in a couple years. If you, you you've never been, <laughs> that either. would be cool. I I've haven't been no. once. We had a writer go. We've had a few. We've had about two or three people go the past decade since we've been doing this stuff. I think we should try to go again. It's cheap to get there. Um, I know um, ways to get cheap hotels without giving away information. I have I have sources, <laughs> hashtag sources for hotels <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to right. get places. Sauce. Yeah, sauces. I guess if you want to be to go that route. But I know ways to get hotels. And it will not be the $300 night for the agriculture or whatever conference that's coming to town in a couple years, oh, geez, the yeah. expo in 2020 or whatever. But uh, I think we, should, we need to attempt to make it down there. We went there once, but for – other reasons, but maybe we should try to hit back, hit back up there again and see what we can do because apparently we know the conference pretty much likes us, right? I, I would think so. I don't think I don't think anybody <laughs> hates us. I think we can go that far. <laughs> I, I don't think some Fresno people are too stoked with with uh, Matt's take on Tedford, but I think I've got a pretty good standing and and we're we're decently known, I guess. So that would be awesome to go down to Vegas and see the NCAA tournament especially if the Wyoming Cowboys are able to capture the, the title as a five seed, and then I can send an old tweet to Old Takes Exposed and maybe pick up a retweet on that. That'd be pretty awesome. 
We'll see. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I got to end with him as well, too. But we'll see. But that's our show. That's our wrap. <laughs> Season previews wrapped. <laughs> Wyoming basketball. Um, there, I think. Is it? I think that's safe to say they're our surprise team, perhaps, compared to what everybody else has picked. Because you picked. Yeah, I, I think so. Them, what? What did I say? Fourth in the conference. Yeah, you said fifth. You say conference champion. I'm not going that far to say tournament champion, but I think a uh, potential. Here's the thing: if they don't go to the NCAA tournament, they might not go at all, because. I don't know if they'll have the win. If if I'm predicting them fourth, I don't know if that's NIT bid. Just because it depends on because the new rule: if you win your conference regular season but not tourney, you get in. So there's that. But mm-hmm. and I don't know if they'd go back to the CBI. So we'll see. But look for big thing, pretty big things this year. Probably next year more so in 2018. But that's the show for tonight. Again, mwwire.com. That's our website. We are at. And uh, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you want to do, give us a review. Give us a podcast rating somewhere that's uh, preferably uh, in our favor. <laughs> that's what we'd like to say. That's always good. good. But, yes, as always, uh, Hoop starts on Friday. So, hope you enjoyed all these previews. We'll go about once a week or so, specifically conference play, maybe a week and a half during non-conference play to get organized and stuff to talk about. But we'll end as, all, as we always do because you always have to have a current end to a show. It can't just say – goodbye or see ya, but we're biased against your team.